0: Stats, booms, busts, sleepers. Listen, to Adam and Vincent with Fantasy Pandemic on Monday and Thursday evenings via Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Pandemic, at Fantasy Cajun, and at FF
1: Little Finger. Welcome to the another edition of the Fantasy Pandemic podcast. I am your host Adam Bryce, along with my co-host Vincent Argrave. Uh, if you get a chance, get on the Twitter machine and follow us at Fantasy Pandemic. you can follow myself at Fantasy Cajun and you can follow Vincent at FF Littlefinger. Vincent, what's happening tonight? Man, knowledge is power, and we are about to drop a
0: whole lot of knowledge on people on hopefully some league winners, some late round guys, you know, some dart throws. And, you know, hopefully we don't agree too much. So I'm interested to get into it.
1: Yeah. Um, well, tonight's show, guys, consists of looking at the running backs for PPR formats, running backs 25 through 50. Um, Vincent and I both have some individual rankings here. I'm going to go ahead and rattle off my first seven or eight, and I may stop at a couple places, and we'll talk about some running backs that are in some interesting situations. Uh, looking over at my running backs from 25 to say we'll get it down to 32. Uh, 25. I've got uh, Marlon Mack. Uh, you know, again, I think I talked to briefly on the last podcast of Mack. He's just not someone I'm very impressed with. 26. I'm at Damian Williams, and, and again, <laughs> another guy who I, I think is always uh, feast or famine, and he's been more famine uh, for a lot of uh, fantasy uh, players out there. Uh, the next guy I think is very interesting, and that's Kareem Hunt at 27. Kareem Hunt. You know, when he came back from suspension, he he was really uh involved a lot more than I thought he was. Chubb was on a, you know, top five bell cow PPR season with Cleveland and Kareem Hunt came in and was probably getting 10 to 15 touches a game. It really dropped Chubb's value uh, probably 10 or 15 spots. I mean, what do you think about that, Vincent?
0: No, I absolutely agree. He, uh, Chubb specifically, like you said, I mean, he was a top five. He was the guy. He was a legitimate um, league winner. You know, late first round pick if you got and maybe if you got really lucky early second round, um, and those people that sold at the right time, freaking, you know, they, they, they let the mine go dry and then they freaking sold it out from under them. I mean, it was uh it was it was devastating from a fantasy purposes. Um, you know, kind of, Cleveland kind of started falling off the, the rails too, so you wonder how much that maybe had to do with it. But I think it's having a um, superior talent not superior to Chubb, but a superior compared to like an RB two or a true backup where most of these guys are the RB two for their team or they're an RB one in a bad situation. And, you know, he, he's not a handcuff. It's a, it's a, it's a -a rope-a-dope. It's a one, two, like it's a, you're going to beat them with it. And it's tough from a fantasy perspective and you want to own one of them and you want to hope you get the healthy one because odds are, you know, running back, especially such a volatile position, there's going to be injury. So making Hunt maybe, you know, a flex or if you go zero RB, maybe like an RB2 type of person where you he has he, top five upside if Chubb were to go down. So I, I think the ranking's fair because of the value he has versus the value that could be the upside. But I think, you know, both of our rankings of Chubb also reflected where we think they vulture each other.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. And, and, and we both agreed last podcast that – If Chubb or Hunt, either one of them, were to go down, the other one would be an automatic top five uh, RB and PPR, and that's really the, to me, the appeal of owning one of these backs, and particularly Hunt, because you could probably get him in probably the sixth or seventh round, and right now, you know, we've got him ranked as as a high RB three, so he's definitely somebody uh, to keep an eye on, you know, in those middle rounds. Uh, Moving on,
0: see, and I don't know if you have to reach even like a sixth or seventh round, like I think that's depending on your need and you having a feel of your league and how people draft and you know, the running back, uh, want, you know, one of the leagues that we're in together, you know, there are some running back freaking vultures. Like they just, they'll gobble up all the running backs and there'll be nobody left. So know your league, know how you want to draft. But I think you can like from a fantasy standpoint, I think you can wait. Um, cause I, I, I think we rank him here for his upside, but week in and week out, you know, there may be people around like, yeah, you know, like you said, we said Dam- you said Damian Williams, Marlon Mack. Like, if I have to start week one, I want either one of them, regardless of how unsexy it is in my lineup, before Kareem Hunt, because they are the RB1 at least to start the season. So I think he will fall in some drafts, but, you know, you got to know who you're with. You know, know your friends, know the people. And if you know the guy that wants them and you don't think he's going to make it to the wraparound, you better go get him.
1: You know, you're right. And that, that's always, to me, a key to fantasy football, uh, especially in home leagues. N- know your competition. Know the people you're drafting with. If you know the people you're drafting with, that is such a a huge advantage for yourself to be able to take certain risks and and gamble, say, when you're on the turn or, you know, you're at, you know, uh, mid-round pick and you're trying to see if somebody's going to float back to you. Know your competition. That's definitely important. Vince. That's a great, a great hit, a great point there.
0: Um, And you and I are absolutely screwing ourselves right now Well, everybody what we think.
1: (laughs) I'm lying to all of you. None of this is true. So I kind of thought about that earlier, and I actually wanted to even say something about the podcast, but you went ahead and brought it up, so I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Um, You know, for those who are out there, perhaps our league mates listening to this, um, I'm to the point of my fantasy. P.S.
0: Fuck James. (laughs) <laughs>
1: I'm to the point in my fantasy career where I've won enough championships and I feel like I've proven my worth in leagues, you know, not to toot my own horn, but uh, I'm, I'm laying everything out on the line when I'm doing this podcast with you, you know, uh, twice a week, I- I'm giving you everything that I'm looking at sleepers, um, you know, high end potential, you know, bus, this is all coming from me. And these are things that I'm going to be looking at in the draft, you know, when I come to draft in my own home league. So, you know, those of you who, who are out there listening to us, you know, by all means, you know, you know what we're doing. You know our secrets now. Can you still beat us? We'll see about that. I mean, Vincent, I don't know how you I feel mean, about that, but I, I feel pretty strongly about it. I mean, I feel – I really, I feel like you and I, you know,
0: I'm doing a mock for the fantasy pandemic right now on um, a Dynasty mock startup and, you know, trying to get the pandemic name out there and just get into different perspective. And, you know, I texted Adam the other day. I'm like – I made my first dynasty trade in me at the Adams the dynasty league. And I'm, he's like, Oh, who with? I'm like, well, I don't want to get into all that, but I made a trade. It's oral. It's an agreement. We're going to, you know, once the league, once the software allows us to, we're going to get the trade going. And I'm like, I tried to go to somebody else and they're like, I'm not even looking at football yet. And when that's what separates us and why we started a podcast under quarantine, because this is what we love to do. We want to do. And when it's all said and done for all you losers that know me, you know exactly who I'm talking to. I I'm trying to make the playing field even. Okay. I got a trophy <laughs> and a belt in the other room. I'm looking at chaos as a ladder shirt. You all know where the crown lies and I'm pulling the strings behind everything. So come and get it. Come get my secret secrets. I'm still going to outdraft you. And more importantly, I'm going to out trade you. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I love it. I'm happy. We're doing this. And I'm glad we got to talk shit a little bit to the people that we know and don't love. Yeah.
1: And I'll also say this um, for my home league, the the trophy is actually sitting in my office. Uh, I'm well the first uh, two time winner of our league since it's turned into a keeper league eight years ago. So, um, yeah, guys, if you're listening to me in the Scrubs League, here it is. Here's all the information. Here are my secrets. Here's everything. Come get my trophy now. So. Moving on, uh, moving on. <laughs> looking at number twenty-eight on my list, and somebody who I'm, I'm really high on, and he's going to get all the opportunity in the world now at, in Los Angeles, and that's Daryl Henderson. Uh, Daryl Henderson has a lot of talent. His junior year at Memphis, he two hundred and fourteen carries for nineteen hundred yards and twenty-two fucking touchdowns. My goodness, that is a huge year. That boy has fast. Is that a big year? He's got moves. He's got agility. I know he did not have a whole lot of opportunity last year. And when he really did have that opportunity, he didn't really shine. Uh, This is an offense that is a candidate to step back, but they did resign Andrew Whitworth, who I think is a key for that offensive line to have some, you know, continuity. And I think Daryl Henderson will have the opportunity. And if he does get that opportunity to, you know, show what he's made of, I think he could turn himself into an RB2, uh, you know, with a really good season, maybe even a low end RB1. I think
0: I, I, I don't disagree, and when we come to my rankings, you know, I have a couple teams uh, blocked off together, the Rams and the 49ers, because right now I just literally have 33, the Rams running backs, and I have Henderson, obviously the lead. Um, I'm interested to see, you know if Kelly has anything um, to offer. I'm interested to see if they go into the draft and get somebody. Um, I'm not. I just don't know. Like this is one of those. Like we're trying to rank it. I, you know, again, I talk out of both sides of my mouth. Like we want to rank as it is at the moment, but I still, there's so much um, insecurity. I think that the Rams' offense is going to flow through Woods and Cooper Cup and maybe Higby, um, and we're going to see. It's uh, I'm I, I I look at Henderson on the that that kind of that second half of running backs similar to Joe Mixon. Like, I don't want to be held accountable for last week or uh, Monday's podcast or this podcast for these people. Um, I just – I don't know yet. I'm going to feel better with some more information, some more time, you know, see how things evolve. Yeah. Um, If he is the lead guy um, in the offense, he's going to have significant value and I would jump him um, probably to 20 You know, I'm him and him and James Conner to me would be what and what. And I would say Henderson had more upside uh, because of what I've seen from Conner, more importantly. So um, he has a huge range of options. But, you know, you're telling me I'm drafting today. I feel better with my people in front of him. I understand the upside. And honestly, when you're drafting it, you know, RB 28 in your rankings, you're drafting for upside at that point or your team is loaded. So, again, everything I do, like with the rankings, you know, I'm, a big uh, draft junkie. So that's how I kind of, you know, my formula in my head, that's how I equate my rankings, if you will.
1: Yeah. And I totally get that. I, I do have some, uh, you know, higher opinion of, of Henderson and, you know, just like you said, you know, maybe around 20, you know, that's, that's a mid to low in RB two, And I think that's a great place for him, for someone that you can probably that you're probably going to land and say the seventh or eighth round in a draft. Um the next couple of guys, you know, I'm kind of going to go burn through. Uh, number 30, Ronald Jones. Uh, Bruce Arians has never trusted Ronald Jones. So, uh, why are you going to trust him now? I don't care if Peyton Barber went to Baltimore or Philadelphia, wherever the hell he went, because he doesn't need to be on a fucking team. Um,
0: well, he went to Washington just to screw That's right, Darius Geist.
1: <laughs> I couldn't remember. I knew it was, he was going to a loaded backfield somewhere. It, it was irrelevant uh, for, you know, this podcast, honestly. Um but Ronald Jones isn't going to get it done. Um, someone who, while, you know, this is off in the future and I bring up, but I just feel like he'd be a great fit for this offense. And that's Clyde Everdealer. Uh, you know, it fits Tom Brady. It fits what Tom Brady likes to do. He loves dumping uh, the ball off to, off to his running backs. And I got news for you. Ronald Jones probably couldn't catch a ham sandwich if it was thrown to him with mayonnaise and hot mustard on it. And I'm not really sure where I'm going with that. But he couldn't catch a ham sandwich in his mouth if he if he was if he was pro, poor. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hungry, Adam. I'm hungry. That's all I know. Now. <laughs> yeah, uh, that joke just went off off the edge there. But anyways, uh, the last guy that I'm going to talk about is Darius. Guys, um, you know I own him in Dynasty. Uh, I got a chance and a privilege to watch him at LSU, and he he was a dynamic back, and I thought he was going to be better than Leonard Fournette. But man, he's just had so many injuries, and he's really just. Uh, had that injury bug for the past few seasons. And, you know, they re-signed Adrian Peterson. Uh, I-, I just I- – I don't really see I- – I don't know if Darius Geis is worthy of the ranking I have him at. Maybe it's more homerism. I, I don't know.
0: No, it's I, It's absolutely homerism. And we both share that – you know, we were both wear that cap. Um, but it's it. it – it is what the upside is. When he has played, which has been very limited, you see – why he was drafted where he was, and what he's capable of. Um, I happen to follow Darius on Twitter. I see all the workout videos. And, like, it's like he's healthy, 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 and then he just gets hurt. And one thing that uh, I, I would support the ranking even further is with the change in, um, not management, but coaching and all the other lead positions for the Redskins, that fucking trainer is gone, who may be like like Dr. Kevorkian, of the NFL. Like he literally between that field and that trainer, they just destroyed careers with injury. Yeah, that's an awful um, field. Who's your, who's your boy, the left tackle. Trump, I not to uh, come back. Not Trump
1: Williams. It's yeah, Williams.
0: Yeah. 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 He, he doesn't want to come back and it's all because of that guy and the medical staff. So guys had what, three knee surgeries on one injury because of an infection and a half, like, or, you know, yeah. I might be exaggerating, but he did have a second surgery minimum. Because of an infection. Like, get your shit together, Washington. Like, clean it up. Peroxide. Whatever you got to do. A little bit of bleach. Like, hopefully, freaking, you know, the pandemic. They got to purge the building. Because they create that. So, I think I support the ranking for the upside. It is the most frustrating running back room, probably, in the league. um, That in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, Kansas City, obviously, has a lot more upside. I think that's why we both have Damian Williams higher. And he has a clearer path um, because also, you know, like you said, they, they got Barber for whatever the hell that's worth. And then uh, your boy loves over there too, the running back. They drafted last year, year before. They're kind of Chris yeah. Thompson replacement. So, but the problem is nobody knows what Ron Rivera is going to do yet. That's where the draft really is going to dictate this. But if they don't change anything, I really can see Rivera using a Geis um, AP tandem similar to D'Angelo, Jonathan yeah, Stewart. Yeah, makes a whole lot of sense. And, you know, moving forward, so I think there's a lot of – the uh, it's a Henderson ranking. Like, you you put him there because the guys below him don't have that RB1 opportunity. Like, you know, like a true running back one, but like a RB2 fantasy ranking. You know, he could push to that top 20 if he gets the volume. Can he hold up? Who knows? Um, I do want to bring this up, though, because I think you skipped over a couple guys because you had Tariq Cohen at 29 and Boston Scott at 30. And you went down to Ronald Jones. I think Ronald Jones, for both of us, without speaking for you, for me, where I have him ranked is based off of, is there another running back on the roster other than uh, Uba Gaboali, like who is not the guy. So right now Ronald Jones is ranked where he is only because nobody else has been drafted. And the opportunity is there in an offense that will never see eight in the box because of the (laughs) weapons they have all over the field and now Tom Brady. Um, And then I'm surprised. I'd like you to, you know, a little bit, explanation on your boston scott 30 ranking i got boston scott at 48 like to me boston scott is a freaking guy who at the end of the season was like one of those healthy bodies fresh legs because he doesn't really play football and you know he gets he's one of these fantasy ghosts that disappear every year that may get you into the championship may even win you a league depending on when he gets hot but is not a quality football player
1: well, you know, I was gonna save uh, the Boston Scott. I was gonna let you go through a little of your rankings, but since no, you brought it up, I'm sorry. since you brought it up, I will go ahead and explain my love for Boston Scott. I actually have Boston Scott at thirty-two, but it's still very high and higher than a lot of others. And let me explain myself. Um, I watched I've watched Boston Scott uh, at running back play for a while now. You know, he was local here to Baton Rouge. He went to Louisiana Tech and you know, had had some big seasons. Um, I thought he had a lot of talent when he was in, in Saints training camp. Uh, I was unfortunate that he did not make it. Uh, he did find a home in Philadelphia. And then well, the reason I look at Boston Scott and think some upside here is I think a bigger version of Darren Sproles. I think he's fast. I think he's physical. I think he could get on the outside. And I think he's a very good uh, back outside, you know, out in the flat, you know, catching balls. And let me just run off. Uh, His last four games last year, three of which were with Miles Sanders. Um, His last four games, he had 38 carries for 151 yards, four rushing touchdowns. And let me get, no, let me say this. He did have three rushing touchdowns in the final season against the New York Giants. Okay, no problem. He then also had 25 targets, caught 23 balls for 199 yards, and if your league, Gives points for uh, return yards he also had 124 return yards in that span Uh, so in that span the last four games of the season he had six targets seven targets six targets and six targets clearly he is being targeted in the offense clearly I believe he's going to have a role in this offense next season I think what that shows is you know he was involved in the offense Carson Wentz does like him I think he, he does have a chance to be the Darren Sproles of that offense. When you look at those numbers, that's 87 fantasy points in the last four games of the season. That's an average of 21.75 uh, 21.75 points a game. Um, I know the three touchdowns came in, but even if you take off the three touchdowns, uh, you're still probably looking at somewhere around, oh, I don't know, maybe like 17 points a game. That's still pretty damn good. I'm not saying he's going to score 17 points a game, but I think he's going to be involved in enough in the passing game to be a a flex RB three category.
0: You know what? Fuck the top 24. I like it. We're calling in the banners. We're fucking putting our flags on people and we're going to argue. And like, we just need to go to the bottom half of everything so that opinions can be a little diverse. Um, I think it's high praise with the Darren Sproles role. And I would agree with everything you said for the end of last season my only disagreement is going to be there was nobody fucking left to either hand the ball to or to throw the ball to in Philadelphia. Uh, Boston Scott was a beneficiary of the fact that other than Ertz and Goddard and um, Jordan Matthews, oh, maybe? and Algalore, who dropped Lord as many balls Algalor. as Boston Scott caught, but I mean, he was the number one. I mean, you're you right, had him you're right. And, on our on our dynasty, I have a guy I had to go look up the other day. Um, who the, the the last literally receiver standing because I was yeah I maybe wouldn't want to start him. I didn't want to play against him in the championship but dynasty. Greg, what I don't know. It doesn't matter because he's not Ward a good to football play, player. Maybe? yes, yes, and it's like these people are there, and he was the option. Now, did he earn a spot to get an opportunity? Yes, but I think, Miles Sanders is. One, Boston Scott may have some value. I am I, I not a believer. I think Peterson brings a running back in. I think it's still Sanders' role to have. I think a rookie comes in, and a rookie with any sort of pass-catching ability is going to be better than Boston Scott, only because a lot of the opportunity he had was because there was nobody else around him. And whatever Alshon is and Deshaun is and Whiteside is, and whatever receiver they draft, God willing, like talk about the draft show. Like I'm talking pumped for the, for, for talking about who Philly needs to draft. Yeah, we wide definitely receiver. we definitely need but, something to talk
1: about on that. You know, uh like I said, uh, obviously if they if they bring in a running back, draft a running back. You know, obviously this this is this ranking obviously would change immediately. This is you know obviously now that's why I'm ranking them as it is. Right. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I just I
0: just we we're so. We're, we're, you know, we're both winners. So we think the yeah. same way as opposed to, you know, so it's just, this is one of the few that we have probably the largest. <clears throat> it is. It I mean, probably I'm is 18 large, points. Yeah. I got him at 48.
1: Yeah. Well, why don't you, so, do, some, why don't you anyway. do a few of your running backs yep. on your, your tiers here?
0: Well, I'll, I'll knock out some of the easy ones. So I start, you know, we finished with uh Marlon Mack was 24. That was the end of my fourth tier. Cause I'm a tier guy. So I started with carry on at 25. Obviously that's a safe pick. Um, you had him up at 23. So we talked about a little bit last time he's going to be, you know, a serviceable back. But I think due to his injury concern, he's limited his upside with the coaching staff. Um, I think Patricia is going full freaking Belichick. Um, I heard actually, I think we retweeted today. You know, the rumor now is Edelman might be on the move and shocking to Detroit. So taking that Amendola spot. Um, but you know it's 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 you know patricia's just you know car washing patriots so i think carry On is going to be a marlon mac equivalent you know he's has much more upside i think he's a much more talented player but he's got the injury history you know he's going to be a great non-ppr just like you know i think you know mac might be a disgusting name but if this was a non-ppr ranking i'd probably have both of them a little bit higher i'd have to agree with that um, then i go to Right. And then I, I have 26, David Montgomery, we talked about last time. You have him up um, just a little bit higher. I was a big Montgomery guy. I own Montgomery. Um, everybody knows how at this point. Anybody that's listening to any podcast probably knows how I feel about Matt Nagy's play calling and Adam Gase um, and his serial killer tendencies for fantasy yeah, purposes. Um, your next ranking,
1: um, though, is real interesting. Let's talk about Philip Lindsay at 27 because you've got Melvin Gordon at 22. That's high praise for an offense in Denver and Drew Locke.
0: I think it's more high praise in an offense trying to protect Drew Locke. Um, I think the defense is still very is. capable. I think they do have, you know, between Noah Fant at tight end and Sutton at wide receiver, they probably bring somebody else in. They do have weapons that have to be respected. Um, if Drew Locke is capable at all. Now, this may be that he's just incompetent and, you know, it, does, it all goes to shit. But I think they brought Melvin Gordon in. Um, you know, everybody saw the – we talked about last time that He is going to be the bell cow. But even as Melvin Gordon as the bell cow, Eckler had value. So now you're giving a quarterback who, first year starting, coming in healthy, hopefully, with a real number one receiver, a big body receiver, a safe tight end. And now you have Melvin Gordon and Lindsey. I am – the ranking, I may, he may move down some, especially as we kind of digest this and we even talked about it more. And my defense of Melvin Gordon being the receiving back, I think does hurt Lindsey. But I think Lindsey is talented enough to still um, deserve carries and deserve opportunity. Uh, he probably should be a little lower because he's not the pass protection guy, so Melvin Gordon still would be the receiving back. It's almost like somehow Lindsay Lindsey like, got screwed into being a second down back. Which doesn't have a whole lot of value, but I do think there will be enough touches because I think that they will be one of the more run-heavy teams in the league, um, based off of the scheme, based off of the personnel, based off of the team, uh, and who they have at running back. So I think there are going to be enough carries to go around that he is going to be serviceable. In no, this spot. I actually, you I actually disagree. Right. I mean, you, you make obviously a lot of good
1: points. Um, you know, Drew Locke is young. I do think they're going to you know rely heavily on the run game. They need to add a center in the draft. Um, they need they need to bolster their offensive line a little bit don't be surprised to see them look receiver in in the middle of first round and I'm talking someone that would fit really well on the opposite side of Cortland Sutton I'm thinking someone like Henry Ruggs who's a speedster who can really stretch the field that way it can open up you know some underneath for Sutton so don't be surprised don't be surprised to see that
0: yeah I don't don't think Lamb probably won't be there um I mean you don't know who's going to be at this point you know it's all you know speed talks. And I completely agree. Sutton is a, uh, he's more of a big body. He's a little bit more. At, yeah. He's an athletic Marcus. He's a little more yeah. athletic Marcus Colson. You know, Marcus got to benefit from the system, but he's that big body, a true number one, you know, like, you know, like a Des type receiver, but not necessarily a burner. And if they get somebody that can stretch it with Sutton, um, especially, I think if you're fast as a rookie, as a wide receiver, you can immediately contribute as well, because you could be a one-trick pony because they still have to respect that. So I, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I, I'm not like I'm big high on the Broncos offense, but there is going to be fantasy points, I think, to be had there. So I think my Lindsey ranking right there, I feel pretty good about it. Um, I have Hunt right below him. Honestly, I go Lindsey, Hunt, guys, yeah, and let's talk about Jordan Howard. Howard. Uh, so right now, the only person there is our Laird and Savior, and – I tried to ride him to championships as it turns out the one championship I didn't win last year that you're welcome for your trophy on your desk is right. that one. And Laird was on that team. Um, I did win my other three, neither here nor Kalen there. Balazs is um, also there who is
1: also terrible. Kalen, Kalen
0: Balazs is absolutely like Adam Gase is going to trade Jamal Adams for Kalen Balazs at some point yeah! because he's fucking Adam Gase. Like, like that's, that's an Adam Gase move and you know your brother. I apologize for everything <laughs> I've ever said about the Jets, but I don't because I still mean it. Um, which Adams, by the way, I don't know if you saw the other day, Adams is going to the Cowboys. No, I awesome. hate the Cowboys. Just they're don't just Gase's. Gase, <clears throat> I do too, but Gase, it's just it's terrible. So uh, honestly, it's I think uh, this is this is unpopular opinion. I think Jordan Howard is a serviceable 1989 running back. Like I think he is. No, you're he right. Can, he can heavy the load and carry the load. He can handle the volume. He's a big guy. He hits holes that are open. He's not this NFL's running back right now for the scheme. But if there was a situation, we just talked about Patricia in Detroit. You know Flores in Miami. You know he, the, you know the Belichick copy. If they can get a big body, I mean Legarrette Blunt didn't have a fucking wiggle in him. And, you know, he scored a ton of touchdowns. Now, the offense obviously dictated all that, but they want that body, somebody that when he's in the game, who cares? You know he's not catching it, but he may be coming right at you. So Fitzpatrick, Devontae Parker, Gasecki, Preston Williams, like I know it's the Dolphins, and they were tanking for Tua, and they couldn't even do that right. But there's they're just it, – the volume is there at the moment. They are absolutely one of the people, like after you said it the other day, that they need somebody in the draft, and I'm like, I don't know if they can win now. I already, I've i come back. I'm completely with you. If they get any sort of receiving back, Jordan Howard is – but Jordan Howard is going to be what Jordan Howard always was. When Jordan Howard was healthy in Philly, he was serviceable in a lineup. You could put him yeah. as your RB2 yeah, if your flex was a high end wide receiver. So uh, the Dolphins are trash, but they're getting better. And they freaking yeah, and don't, play. Don't, look, don't so I'll give be them that. if so. the
1: Dolphins address running back in the second round. Uh, you know this could be a, definitely a landing spot for someone like Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift. Um, oh, you think Jonathan Taylor? I think I think people are like everybody keeps on telling me Jonathan. Taylor I, no, I second, don't think Jonathan Taylor's going I don't second. It I think I, someone's going to take him them. late in the first. To be honest with you, I keep thinking a good
0: team that's right there. Imagine a good team that's we're good I mean, to the draft. So yeah, the, the Chiefs too far ahead, but. I don't, that's what that's, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, Yo. put him there. I hope not. I have Darwin Thompson, but, <laughs> you know, I it, mean, it's just unfair. So, yeah,
1: I mean, it, it is. It would, be, no, it would be crazy. Um, You know, moving moving on to your rankings, you've got, you know, we talked about Cohen, we talked about Ronald Jones, and then you've got, uh, you know, you've got Daryl Henderson, we discussed him, but then you got the 35, 34 35 combo of Raheem Colonel Mustard and Tevin Coleman, who, Really, man, it's just a situation I don't want any part of.
0: I don't either, and that's why I ranked them together. They're literally on the same line on my my spreadsheet. Um, Colonel Mustard is the better running back. Tevin Coleman is the name that's getting paid. Shanahan doesn't care in principle, but he doesn't care so much that everybody gets run. Um, Honestly, like, I'm a breed of guy. I got him at 50 because these two got – Coleman got the check. Mustard showed at the end of the year. And Breed is questionable, like for ping pong, because he always is questionable. And, but he plays. And he's one guy I want to be seen, like set free. Like let Breida go somewheres and get a run and maybe get a little bit of a break, maybe not in his ankle for a change. And I don't, I agree with you. Like I put the Rams at, I literally 33 LA Rams, 34, 35, you know, San Francisco with Mostert and Coleman. I probably don't want either until the, you know, you're talking about seventh and eighth. Like, I'm going everywhere else before that dark throw. Like, I can't even see me, um, you know, maybe Henderson because he has a much clearer path. And the, prob- the, the most frustrating thing is it's arguably the best running back situation in the league. Like, Baltimore is the biggest running team in the league. Mark Ingram, we've already talked about with the 15 touchdowns, but Lamar Jackson gets a lot of that. It goes all over the place. But a true pure... We're gonna give the ball to the running back scheme. San Francisco may be the best out of everybody, and it doesn't matter because they use three freaking guys. And then you and it do could the be check. worse because freaking Jared McKinnon's you. coming back now it's just, too. Jared McKinnon's always coming back. Can we just send Jared McKinnon <laughs> back to freaking Minnesota? We, like it doesn't matter. Like Jared McKinnon has been coming back since you know <laughs> I, I I was born. Like it's just. I felt so happy for the guy he got yeah, paid. No Thank God he got paid. Yeah. Because I feel bad for the guy. But, you know, I don't, you know, I don't feel good about the situation. I don't think there's going to be clarity here. I don't know how I can move either up if it doesn't. Because here's the thing I have a 34 35. Coleman tears his ACL in freaking OTAs. Well, Breed is the number two. So what? Do No, I you Moster keep him the same and you just move Breed where Coleman is. leave Breed up. Exactly, and that's and that's what it is. And so, I've I've always had a piece of that. Like I'm I'm one of those guys. So I I, I will go late.
1: Yeah, you I just will absolutely not can. And You just and you're you're picking poison every week every weekend, and you, basically you're going to stress out if you have some of these running backs. Uh, you know, in the first probably eight weeks of the season, trying to figure out which ones to go, and you know, knowing anyone else's luck, you know, you're going to pick the wrong one just about every other week, and that's what it's going to feel like. Uh, swinging over, you know, to my rankings, uh, I'm gonna kind of rattle off some names here. Uh, we talked about Boston Scott. You know, I talked about Philip Lindsay. Uh, at 34, I've got Jamal Williams. Uh, 35, I've got James White. Who this may be kind of a lofty ranking for James White. Uh, you know, the more I think about it with New England, the more I, I think the tank is is in play. Um, especially if Edelman move, is on the move in the draft or something, and goes to Detroit or something. I mean, what? They'll just think for, for for sunshine and Trevor Lawrence and Belichick will try to do it again and try to show you know oh that he can do it without Brady. I think that's what's what's happening here. I think that's what's 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 going to happen in New England.
0: I uh, I was a big Sony Michelle guy last year, as you're well aware. I drafted him um, pretty early in my league that uh, you were both you were in with me as well. Um, I think Sonny Michelle. Has one of the biggest upsides for having the highest carry rate and driving that offense
1: and really you know, pushing. I, I'm glad points. you said like something really... you Vincent, because I happen to have some stats right here for Sonny Michelle that I kind of wanted to talk about tonight. I know you were kind of a high on Sonny Michelle. I've got him at 37 in my rankings. But uh, l- just to look at some of the stats on, on Michelle last year 247 carries, 912 yards, uh, 3.69 average with seven touchdowns. Um, he did not have one game over 100 yards. He played just about every game last season. He had 12 receptions for 94 yards. Um, he had 11 games with 15 or more carries and five games with 20 to 22 carries, yet he never broke the 100-yard barrier. That offense is going to take a step back this year. They may rely more on Sonny Michelle, but I think that offense is going to take a step back. You're going to have, you know, Jared Sitham or Brian Hoyer as it stands now at quarterback, Uh, With probably, you know, an offensive line that's kind of getting older. Edelman may not be there. Matt LaCrosse is not the answer at tight end. I mean, I just see a whole total rebuild job. And those numbers from Sonny Michelle don't really impress me at all. You know, I agree that he he may have some upside because he could get just true volume. But I'm not sure he is a very talented back.
0: Well, it may be April second, but that was absolutely my April Fools. I was—I completely admit—I was all in on him last year, um, based off what he did in the playoffs the year before. I was completely wrong. I turned to trade early in the season and got rid of him. Um, so I am out on him. I have him at thirty-nine for the volume play, like you said, because that at this point you're looking for a guy to get touches. I have James White two spot higher. Um, James White is the more ta- is probably the most talented running back in New England right now. Uh, we don't know what Damian Harris has because nobody's really ever seen him, at least in the scheme and the offense. You got to think that if he had something to offer, Belichick would well, have played Brookhead's him. But as a he healthy
1: scratch, four fucking running backs—it's it's almost like a San Francisco situation. Oh, I agree, and I think the New England,
0: the New England backfield concept works, and mm-hmm. any guy's going to work when it's Tom Brady and the people around him. But they just—they let the skill players just uh, the the Patriot way has cost the Patriots a lot of players. And yes, you may be getting rid of people before they, you know, a year or two years, maybe three years before they really take that dive. But they still had a year or two left, and they don't have. We we've talked about they don't have those skill players. I mean, Edelman is a really good at what he did. We're about to find out how good he is without Tom Brady. Um, I think the most athletic person on the field in New England right now yeah. is going to be James White. I, I definitely think you're um, right. I, I'm out on Sonny Michelle. I, I, Sonny Michelle is born a undraftable. Again, unless you're just like – you go zero RB and yeah. you're freaking throwing darts. You know, um, so – and in between my guys right there, honestly, before all those guys, which I don't even see him on your – oh, no, nope, he's down on the bottom of your rankings. I have above all that, right above James White, I have freaking Naheem Hines. And I think there is tons of opportunity. As much as you hate Marlon
1: Mack, why don't you love well, Hines? you know, I, I just wanted to say something real quick to some of the listening audience. Uh, Vince and I, we're, were going to play an, a little April Fool's game on some of these running backs here uh, and here in a little bit. Um, you know, before we started the, the podcast tonight, I, I told him – and that it would not surprise me in the least bit if we had the same April Fools person. Literally, we did not have any type of discussion about what players were going to be our April Fools and whoever else. And literally, Vincent and I land on Stoney Michelle as one of our April Fools players. It really blows me away. Wow, Vincent's pouring another glass of wine over there. Um,
0: that is absolutely yeah, correct. I I'm think, not I, I had to
1: stop and think for a se- second, but Obviously, Vincent's gonna uh, put, a, put a little more wine in his glass, but uh, I just thought I'm way too dehydrated. Yeah, I, I just right thought now. that was kind of interesting how, how that we landed on that. But, um, going back to Naheem Hines, um, I, I'm just uh, you know, I've been kind of high on Naheem Hines over the past couple seasons, and he always seems to let me down. I, I'm not sure,
0: <laughs> it's like the opposite of recency. Listen, the, the anti recency bias, you're like. No, you just keep fucking me. So I just want to hate you. Like it's the recency bias, but in a like in a very much negative way. Like it's not
1: your guy. It's like, no, you've dicked me so much. Yeah. I can't but go back to the I well. do think the opportunity could be there. I'm curious to see what that offense looks like. I guess I would say I'm more, you know, I think the jury's still out on Naheem Hines for me. I, I kind of want to see how the offense looks, maybe in training camp and in preseason. And you know, maybe I'll move up Hines up that board. So I just don't know you know, where he's going to play a role in this offense because I had high hopes for him last season and he kind of let me down last season. So I want to see him in action in preseason and training camp before I start moving him up my draft board. I know you've had the lofty ranking on him, so uh, let's hear it. No, I mean, I, mean yeah,
0: yeah. I I have him at 36, so, you know, it's That's not like we're, you know, we're not crushing it. But, you know, I think that the – they, they're going to want to have the running backs having the ball. Um, Ebron's gone, which for whatever that's worth, that's red zone touches. That's short yardage touches. You just have Doyle. Doyle, I'm going to be high on, but Doyle has a consistency of not being healthy. Marlon Mack has a consistency of not being healthy or being able to catch the ball. Now you add a quarterback who is not mobile, who loves to dump it off to the running back, and Naheem Hines is the guy. So now – they completely – this is another team that could completely blow it out of the water, bring a running back in because they're a team that thinks they can win right now. But if that is not addressed or not addressed as a truer threat, like a building type of person, and it's a – if it is a Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines one-two punch, truly, like, here's the catches, here's the passes. It's, you know, it's all done. Here are the rushes. Naheem Hines, we have too low because he is going to be, you know, Tariq Cohen – Serviceable. I mean, you could start the human joystick right now. I and mean, when we both have him, you have yeah. a 29, I have Cohen at 31 because of right. the touches that he gets. Naheem Hines could could be James White minus the touch, you know, some of those touchdowns he had two years ago. So I think that there is um, a lot of upside. Like if again, I go back to the draft. I'm trying not to be a broken record, but depending on how I'm building my team, depending on what I need, like if I'm just looking for that PPR guy, that PPR junkie. Like, Hines is that perfect type of RB2 on a loaded team, on a really good team. Because I find myself, especially lately, you know, just going in that direction. Like, I would love to have two stud running backs. but And the wide receivers are so gifted everywhere is that maybe you're able to stretch it. But I would feel okay with Naheem Hines as a flex. Like, you could do that, you know, especially in PPR, you get the, the benefit of those catches between him and Cohen and White, you know, even Duke Johnson. You know, there's that upside and he may have the biggest upside of all the PPR running backs. I mean, just because of everything around him. So I, I, I until something changes, I I, no, I get it. I get it. Up you know, like
1: I said, I want to see, I think the jury, like I said, the jury is still out on, on Hines for me because I do have him ranked at 46. Uh, you know, a couple of the names that I wanted to hit on, uh, one of the names I think I wanted to hit on was Chase Edmonds. Um, it, you know, there, there is talk that Arizona is looking to bring in a running back in the draft again. Obviously, we're going back to the draft, but you know, that's the talk since the draft is three weeks away, there's no other sports going on, so the draft is a lot to talk about. And they did talk about bringing in Zach Moss possibly as a running back, and you know, that would obviously impact some of Edmonds' value. But you know, last season, you know, Chase Edmonds had uh, when Ken- when David Johnson went down before they traded for Kenyon Drake. He had two uh, RB1 performances, including one one game where he just blew up and was the top overall score for, for that week for Huge. running backs. Uh, he certainly carried me to a win in one of my leagues, but uh, he does have that explosive potential. I, honestly, when that game happened, the very next uh, few days, that's when they traded for Kenyon Drake, and really that just utterly shocked me. But, you know, Kenyon Drake came in there and started tearing shit up, so uh, obviously what do I know uh, – Obviously, they were on, on Kenyon Drake for a reason, and obviously they made, he, he made that offense a whole lot better. But if, if someone like Drake went down and they didn't add a running back, Chase Edmonds, to me, is someone who could easily hop into that top 24 running back talk.
0: Without a doubt, and it's funny because, like, my Tier 7 goes 40 to 50, and it's literally – it's like the handcuff company. Between Duke, Jamal Williams, Edmonds, Madison, Pollard, Justice Hill, Justin Jackson, Penny, Scott, um, Samuels, and Brita. It's like these guys have value only because there's only one person in front of them. Um, I actually have highlighted right here in my 42, 43, 44 is Edmonds, Madison, and Pollard. The only reason Edmonds is the highest is because – for whatever it's worth, week in and week out, Edmonds has more upside maybe than Madison and Pollard. Zeke eats up so much touches, Pollard almost has no value week to week. Madison, like, really, really, if you're in a crutch, you can maybe put him in. You don't feel good about it. Edmonds, you obviously don't want to either. But if any of those three guys go down in front of them, and I have Jamal Williams on here a yeah. moment in case Aaron Jones goes down. But if anybody goes down in front of them, you know, they, they, they leap Significantly. I mean, well, uh, I think I mean he showed it when Kamara but,
1: went down. Latavius Murray was an RB1 for like three or four weeks straight.
0: Right. And I have and I have Latavius at 38 above these guys because Latavius has Latavius has true week in and week out value. Not enough to, you know, feel great about playing, but that's why he's ahead of these guys because he has some some standalone value. Like there's these guys, you know. The, the James Whites. The Latav- it's funny because, you know, normally the standalone alone guys are the Coens, the Whites, the Dukes, you know, the people like that, the Hines, the PPR guys. Latavius is the opposite. Kamara is like everything you want in a running back, and Latavius is like almost like the Jordan Howard. And, like, you could expect that if they got – you know, if Miami went to somebody like a Zach Moss or like a Swift, somebody that's going to be able to – or Clyde or whomever. So one of those pass-catching running backs that can add that dimension that they don't offer – All of a sudden, it's a complete flip around on that ranking. And Latavius suffers from being behind a much more skilled, versatile running back. Um, But he has that – RB, and Latavius is better than that, too. Like He is – he can catch the ball. He can do these things. He just can't do it as well as that person in front of him. So, um, I I love Edmonds. If anything were to – if they do not – Moss was the same thing that I heard. If they don't go Moss um, and it's left alone, Edmonds will creep up because – some standalone value, the potential of that offense for that running back. Um, I'm not a handcuffed guy. I prefer getting other people's handcuffs and hoping it pays out because I don't want to go for a one for a one. Oh, I'm safe. I'd rather go for a one for a three and not have an RB another running back and another flex that I can put in because the other two guys got hurt. Hope my guy stays healthy and hope their guy gets hurt. Or you can turn a trade or there's all sorts of different options. But if you have just your guy, You're limited. You're either eating a roster spot and there's no flexibility. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get to it at some point through here. But anybody listens that know me, I I like to make moves. I like to do things. And Edmonds is a piece that can be moved to a lot of different owners, especially the Drake guy on draft day, um, depending on how everything works out. You know, you may be able to upgrade at Rod Receiver. You know, you get an RB3 for Edmonds and it costs you nothing because you got him in the 13th round. And you moved up for a you know a ninth round wide receiver type of situation. So, um, I think him and Madison and Pollard, I think they all go in the same vacuum. I think they're all very good running backs. They all showed when they had the opportunity that they can shine. Um, but and I think for me, just to finish out my rankings, that's why they're ahead of Justin Hill, Justin Jackson, Penny Scott, um, Jalen Samuels, and Brita. Samuels maybe should be in that group, but I don't think he's quite that good. Um, I think he has some little bit of value, but all those guys, I don't just, you know, they're, they're the handcuff guys. They're the number two guys, so they should be ranked because they have a
1: value. Yeah, but and that some doesn't necessarily are just, it just means that you're not going to be able to start every week or even start with even some type of reliability. You know, I've kind of got, you know, some similar things going on, you know, with, with your rankings as mine towards the end of our top 50 here. You know, I've got Malcolm Brown at 50. Uh, you know, I've got Justin Jackson at 47, you know, Jalen Sanders at 45. You know, these are all kind of names that we were, you know, talking about who you know could have potential if their running backs in front of them go, uh, go, go down for some reason or get suspended or something like that. But uh, one ranking I'm kind of I'm interested uh, to hear your perspective is I'm not sure. Uh, did you have Adrian Peterson in your top 50?
0: I did not rank AP um, in a PPR format. Even with Rivera, now again, like I said earlier, That's if it it ends up being to if he's Jonathan Stewart to Geis's D'Angelo, right? If he's Jonathan Stewart to Geis's D'Angelo, I'll come back on board. But um, I don't know if he's even a guarantee That'll to make the roster. So I'll I, be you know, very interested
1: if, if if he gets cut. Well, I, was, I think he's on board for another year at least.
0: I, I there's if there is not a benefit or there's an opportunity to um, improve the position. Obviously, I don't think it's going to happen through uh, free agency at this point. So if they don't, you know, engage in the draft, and I think, you know, Ron probably wants to see a little bit of what he has because he he took a job oh, with no probably more questions than anybody. Like, is Haskins for real? They don't have a tight end. Is you know, Vernon Davis retired too? Like to boot. Like, is Terry McLaurin the no. real deal? Like Paul Richardson, this this ragtag scab group. Well, that's what I mean. It's like these scabs and replacement players. Oh, you know, Lord. Falco's the only one missing at this point. Uh, I know. Not, they're, not not the Falco, they're not the Washington Generals. are not the replacements. He's the other. Only... <laughs> but it's just – and there's six running backs in the room because I don't think he knows what he has. And, like, what you, – you played against Peyton Barber
1: for yeah, you know, the last few I, years. I like, why
0: the hell would you even bring him in? Like – what, I don't really understand to get a that copy of the I'm not sure what playbook? Rivera was playbook. thinking
1: right there, especially with Bryce Love. There, I think Bryce Love's a pretty talented back. I and, and and I think
0: that in a perfect world, if everything's healthy and the offense is flowing, it should be yeah. probably guys and Love. Guys should be the one too. We know guys can catch the ball, but he should be the you know first down, second down, the occasional third down. Love comes in. You know, spell some seconds, does some thirds, maybe a little bit in the slot because you know they don't have Crowder anymore. They don't have any of these guys that have been Washington names forever, like or curses on <laughs> your soul, like Santana Moss is on mine. But the, these people just they're they're just not there. Like it is a complete unknown, and I don't. I, I just I, if AP is on the team, he'll make the rankings. I never once like even when I saw AP a- a- was on free yeah. agency for in most of the leagues for half the year, unless you know some guy you know that uses the magazine from July still to you know for uh, from May to draft is you know you know Jimmy's <laughs> drafting AP because he made the magazine, but he's also using the you know to twenty thirteen. So it happens, but it's you know most of the time it's like oh look Adrian Penis on the waiver wire, but I would have to drop you know Derek Carr like or you know I'd have to drop. <laughs> irv smith jr like that's what you're talking about like it's just like it's it's just it's not something i want to be a part of and i i can see a world where i would draft some of these people it would be i I, it's gonna be hard to draft peterson until things like really clear up because i don't he's had to work for two years he's had almost all the volume with no competition and the upside is there is none it's you hope he gets to his ceiling, yeah. which is maybe twelve points.
1: I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, he he doesn't really have. He's got a, a low ceiling, low floor, really, and he's most of the time he's not even probably playable uh, on a roster unless you're in a serious crunch. Um, lastly, but not least, um, it is April second, guys. But uh, we decided that we're going to play a little April Fool's game on uh, a few of these running backs here. Uh, Benson, I'm going to let you start off the, the game here is, uh, we're going to name a running back and we're going to talk about it a little bit and say, you know, is it April fools or is this person really going to, you know, be someone that we can count on in 2020?
0: I am fully supportive of the game, but regardless of the game, Ronald Jones is the man. He dropped one pass last year that everybody saw is a complex. Brady's going to come in. They're going to have the a sense of urgency. You're playing for the GOAT. People are going to play better. People are going to coach better. And he is the freaking guy in the Tampa Bay offense that is going to be splattered with weapons everywhere else. They're going to have like four people left in the box. And that sucker is going to get just freaking – um.
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna go ahead and call Ava a few Fools catches. on that just because I, I don't I'm not a believer in Ronald Jones. I, I don't think he has the talent. Bruce Arians has clearly talked about Ronald Jones and wanted to bring another running back in. I do agree with you on the actual situation itself, but I don't think that person's gonna be Ronald Jones.
0: Yeah, I tried to sell it. I, I hate him. I think I don't think it's very good either. But I uh, you know, I had an opportunity to. Go right. that one all right so you Tell know i kind of
1: looking at my rankings here I, i'm gonna stop at rashad penny number 39 uh, I, think I was looking he at rashad has penny. An, an opportunity rashad penny too. in seattle i'm i'm hearing chris carson is similar he's kind of healthy he's getting there but uh we all know how chris carson is if he's on the field he's great but half the time he's not on the field and i think rashad penny has the talent. Um, you know, coming out of San Diego State in college, he led the country in missed tackles. The kid's got talent. He's got some speed. He's big. Uh, I just think he needs the opportunity. And you know, coming off you know his injury last year, I I think he can he can really come and and provide a spark for that offense, especially if Chris Carson's struggling.
0: I think you believe what you're saying. But I think it's April Fools. Um, I think he is almost a direct comparison to Ronald Jones. Like they, they, Not that Arians drafted him, but Pete Carroll drafted him. They thought they were getting something else. Big guy, very talented, and it hasn't worked out for him. He's had every opportunity, and especially in Seattle, where Pete Carroll will play anybody, even if it's freaking rookie Russell Wilson over high-paid Matt Flynn, Anybody that comes in is going to have an opportunity over him. He is not guaranteed anything. So I call April fools, although I don't disagree with his history, but Chris Carson is the guy. And if Chris Carson is not the guy, it's well, not Kenny, and they're going to see find what somebody else who is. All
1: right, well, um, it's definitely your turn now. So let's throw up a running back, and let's let's hear it.
0: Well, I am going to go – real deep and I'm going to go all the way to Jalen Samuels. I think the Pittsburgh offense is going to be much more wide open, much more spread. They're not going to need the grinder that Connor is not. He has some versatility, but he's not Le'Veon. But I think having the separation, the spread, the versatility that Samuels offers, I mean, he's listed. I think even a tight end at some point for Yahoo Um, along with those wide receivers, Ben's back healthy I think Ben Has some self-awareness Probably not, that probably is a lie But maybe he's older, he has some self-awareness And he goes a little Phillip Rivers He goes a little dump off when he can't get it He has a little bit of Ebron help Clears out some of that middle of the field And Jalen Samuels is going to Completely um, Skyrocket past his uh, Rankings right now I think he could flirt with High RB three, that low RB two, that PPR type of guy. And
1: if Connor's gone, then he yeah, jumps um, easily you know, in the RB two. I'm range. going to agree with that because I, I definitely I think Jalen Samuel do, does have some talent. And in the games that James Connor wasn't there and Samuels was there, he was he was a good solid RB two, and he was a startable player. Um, I, I do agree with everything you say. I do see that you know Ben Roethlisberger may try to involve. Uh, Jordan uh, Jalen Samuels a little bit more in the passing game. I'm not 100% sold on James Conner yet. And I, I do think Jalen Samuels presents that upside.
0: Yep, I uh, this one was on the spot because, you know, like we talked about a little bit of Michelle and a bit of Hines, and they were kind of my other two options. But So I was looking through my rankings, and, you know, I talk myself into it right now based off everything I just said. So I do think they're – now Pittsburgh is one of those people that rumored to be going for a running back to try to make that run with Ben and that would completely blow everything out the water. So um, I got one more for see. you. And, so, and, and you got going to
1: land on my number 43 ranking. And that is Duke Johnson. Um, you know, some of the things you said earlier kind of struck me a little bit and I'm not, like I said, on the earlier podcasts, David Johnson kind of ran like he was in a wheelchair last year. He just looked awful. And Duke Johnson to me has always been, pretty impressive when whether he was at Cleveland or whether he was in Houston, he can catch the ball at the backfield. He's very quick. I just don't think he's really been given that opportunity to, to really be a 15 to 20 to 25 touch guy. He's always been that kind of, you know, 10 to 13 touch guy. I think he's definitely somebody that if David Johnson continues to show what he's shown the past couple of years, Duke Johnson could easily flirt uh, in that high-end RB3, low-end RB2 range because, let's be honest, uh, the receivers will probably all be hurt, and Deshaun Watson's going to be running for his life, so somebody's got to catch the fucking football in Houston. And that's going to be Duke Johnson. As long as he stays healthy, I think he could definitely finish as a low-end RB2, high-end RB3.
0: I do not think it is April Fool's. I don't think he will ever get to the 20-touch range, so I will disagree with that part. However, I think with that 15-touch range, I think that's a sweet spot based off his build and his caliber. And I think a full offseason and not being traded, um, you would hope would increase his presence in the offense and at least their understanding of his capabilities. So I'll go with you there. Maybe you're tricking me, but I think that there is – significant opportunity. Um, and again, I think there's a going trend for everything kind of 24 and down. You're like, well, shit, they're going to address running back and it's going to not matter. But you know what? There's not that many running backs. So some yeah. of these situations are still going to hold true in a month, but I'm with you. I, I support your Duke belief. Um, I think David gets the first run at it, but realistically, like everybody, you know, I'm obviously you heard me pour my second glass of wine, but both running backs could have standalone value in this offense because of Deshaun Watson and
1: because of the limited
0: yeah, capabilities no, no about of everybody it. else. That's
1: kind of why I chose him uh, for, for our little game here. Well, guys, that's about all the time we have tonight. Uh, we appreciate you uh, giving us a listen. And like, like I said earlier, uh, give us a follow on Twitter at Fancy Pandemic. And uh, we'll, we'll be back with you guys on Monday night where we're going to start on wide receivers. We're going to go through our top 24. Uh, Otherwise, uh, y'all have a good weekend. Stay safe.
0: Everybody have a great one. Remember, chaos is not the draft. Chaos is free agency. Only the fab is real. Stats. Booms. Bus Sleepers. Listen to Adam and Vincent with Fantasy Pandemic on Monday and Thursday evenings via Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Pandemic, at Fantasy Cajun, and at FF Little Finger.